0: As we have seen in the past couple of Mishnais, it's in general forbidden to remove rocks or stones from a field during Shemitah because it appears as if you are moving the stones in order that you be able to plant that ground. Either the ground underneath the rock or the ground around the rock. But we're going to see in our Mishnah that if he removes the rocks in a way, that it's obvious that he's going to use the rocks for the purpose of building, or some other purpose, but not for the sake of of planting, then it will be permitted, and therefore the Mishnah tells us Avon Zatan HaMacharisha Stones which the plow moved about, meaning when the person was plowing in his field, the, ro- the rocks were not totally stuck inside the ground, and therefore when they plowed the field, the rocks became loose, and so they're now no longer totally connected to the ground, and the truth is the same would apply Even if at the moment the rocks were attached to the ground, but the owner of the field knows that next time he plows around those rocks, they're already getting a bit loose, and next time he plows, they're going to become detached from the ground, or at least quite loose from the ground. Now in such a situation, it's far easier to remove the stones when he actually plows, and that would be the normal thing to do. When you plow the field, then the stones become much looser, and then you pick up the stones and remove them. That's the normal way to do it. So that would certainly be forbidden. Or if the rocks were covered in ground, and earth, and they became uncovered, so even if they're still stuck to the ground. If there are among these rocks, at least two rocks, which require two people to carry them each, so they're big, big rocks, so those are the type of rocks which should be used for building, and therefore they can be taken. They can be removed from the field, especially since you're not going to do it while you're plowing. And therefore that's not the normal way to do it, so people will not assume that you're removing it for the sake of planting, rather they'll realize that you are doing it for the sake of using the rocks for building. Now what happens if you have rocks on top of the ground, which aren't actually attached or within the ground? One who removes stones from his field, which are just lying above the ground. He is allowed to take the top stones, but he needs to leave the stones which are touching the ground, he needs to leave those on the ground, so that it's clear that he is not removing the stones for the sake of planting. Because obviously you won't be able to plant on top of the rocks. The same would apply to a pile of pebbles, or a pile of slightly bigger stones. You can take the top stones, but you need to leave the bottom stones, the ones touching the ground, so that it does not appear that you are removing the stones for the sake of planting. However, in a case where if underneath the pile of rocks and stones there is actually a part of the ground which is made of rock, or if there's straw on the ground, so then you can remove all of the stones, because the ground itself can't be planted on. You can't plant on top of rock or straw, and therefore you may remove all of the stones, because in that case it is clear that you are still not doing it in order to plant that ground. Ches. although we saw in the previous perech that one is allowed to water his field during shmita, that's only if he is doing so either to keep the things alive, if they will die then you're allowed to keep them alive, or if he is watering the field for the sake of next year's produce. However, one is not allowed to water his field during shmita, so that the things which grow during that year will grow more. So the Mishnah tells us that as well as that, in berlin madrigo Salpiage oyes one is not allowed to build stairs going down into Geoyos. Geoyos are places where lots of water is stored. It's sort of a very small valley where lots of water would gather, and people would go down into the valley and collect water to bring up and often to water their fields. And the way that they would get down there safely is that there would be stairs going down into the valley. So it's forbidden to build these stairs, Erev Shavius, in the year before were going back to the idea of Tecephus Shavius, Mister the rain has stopped coming down. So after the rainy season, during the sixth year, it's forbidden to build these stairs. Why? Because he is fixing them. Meaning, it is it appears as if he is building the stairs for the sake of shmita, meaning for the sake of people to go down there and get water to water their fields during the shmita year. Because it's no longer beneficial for the sixth year, so it appears as if he is preparing it in order to do forbidden work during shmita. So this is a stringency. However, the same applies on the lenient side, and that is, he can build these stairs during Shmita itself, once the rain has stopped, after the rainy season of the Shmita year. Why? Because it appears as if you're doing it for the next year, because he is fixing it, he is preparing it for the year after Shmita. So of course it does not appear as if he is doing an Aveira. Now often in these valleys there would be a dam a high wall which would prevent the water from overflowing and going past the wall and the mission says that you're not allowed to support this wall with clay and fix the wall properly and this again is talking about the sixth year after the rain has stopped, you're not allowed to build this dam and add clay to it in the end part of the sixth year and during the first half of Shemitah however, but he can make it as a separation I mean, he can he can make a wall there he just can't connect all the stones with clay, so it won't be such a strong wall, and as long as he doesn't add clay, it's clear that he is not yet preparing to water his field. However, as we mentioned before, if he prepares this valley of water properly, then there's suspicion that he is preparing it for the sake of watering the field during shmita in a forbidden way, meaning for that shmita year itself. Now, Mischler ends off by telling us that although in general it's forbidden to remove stones from a field, because it looks like you're going to plant there, if you're building something in the field, or right next to the field, let's say you're building a wall, made out of stones, then any stone, however big or small, which he is able to stretch out his hand and reach that stone, that stone can be taken because in that case it's obvious that he's using it to build. Because as soon as he takes it, he adds it to the wall, so it's obvious he's not removing the stones in order to plant that area. Mission test. we're now going to see another exception to the rule that one is not allowed to remove stones from his field, and that is that very large stones, which known in our Mishnah as Avni Choseif, shoulder stones, because they were usually carried on the shoulder with both one's hands, since they're so large, they were pretty much always used for building, and therefore it's obvious that you're removing the stones from the field in order to use the stone for building, and not in order to rec- clear the space in order to plant there. And therefore Avni Choseif, B'lis M'Kal Makayim, these shoulder stones can come from any place in the field, not just right next to a building, but you can take these big stones from anywhere in the field. As well as this, Vahakablon, one who accepts the jobs of building, meaning somebody who is a professional builder, and that's what he always does, also he, maybe Michal Mokheim, he can also bring the stones from any place in the field, because it is clear in that case, since he is known to be a professional builder, it is quite obvious that he is using the stones for the sake of building. Now the Mishnah develops on the first case of our Mishnah, the Avni What are considered Avni Choseif, these big shoulder stones, that you'd be able to take them from any place in the field, and as many of them as you like. Any stone which is not able to be carried with one hand, and therefore you're forced to use two hands, and would usually use your shoulder to support it, that is considered a stone which is large enough to be removed from the field. Div Rabbi Meir, that is the opinion of Rebbe However, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, and he is more lenient, and he says that it doesn't have to be that big, rather, Avni Choseif Kishmon. It's stones of a shoulder like its name. Meaning, what does the name Avni Choseif mean, literally? Shoulder stones, in the plural. Which means that Kol any stone which is of the size that two or three of them could be carried on somebody's shoulder, that is considered big enough to be taken from the field. So that is quite significantly smaller than the stones which would be mayor requires. Mishnayud, <laughs> it's forbidden to build a fence or a wall at the edge of one's field during Shemitah. The reason being that before building the wall, they would build foundations. So they would dig up the ground, the earth there, and then they would build a wall a bit deeper into the ground and this was to make sure that the wall would stay there, it would be a strong wall. And the reason why this is forbidden is because we're worried that once he's dug up all that ground, he might change his mind and actually decide to plant that area which he's just dug up, instead of building a fence there. So to prevent that happening, we say he can't even build the fence. However, there's an exception, and that is... When he builds a fence or a wall between his field and between a public domain, In this case, he can build the fence and he can build the foundations. He's allowed to dig deep enough until he reaches rock under the ground, which basically means he can dig as deep as he likes. And the reason for this is because it was very uncommon for people to plant right next to a public domain. So we're not worried that you'll change your mind and decide to actually plant that area. However, we've got a problem because if he is going to now dig a foundation and dig up the ground at the edge of his field, Maya said an offer, what should he do with all that ground which he is digging up? If he just puts it down in his field, then it looks like he's spreading that soft soil, which he's dug up around his field, which actually benefits the field. It looks like he's preparing it to be planted by putting soft soil above the ground. So the solution is, Tsoyvibur he should pile it up in a public domain, in the public domain which is right next to it. On with sakne, then he should fix it. Meaning, once he's piled it up in the public domain, he should then move it from the public domain into his field. In that scenario, it does not look like he's preparing the ground to be planted. Rather, it just looks like he's moving something from the public domain. There's a massive pile of uh, something in the way. That shouldn't be in the public domain, so it looks like he's just removing it from the public domain. Not that he's bringing it into his field in order to use to plant his field, and to prepare his field, and therefore it's permitted. Do you sure Yeshua? That's the opinion of Rebbe Yeshua. Sure. However, Rabbi Akiva, says Rabbi Akiva says, in the same way that you can't permanently destroy a public domain or put obstacles in there, and we're going to translate this as, so too he cannot do so even if he plans to fix it and repair it afterwards. You can't, put, you can't even temporarily put a big obstacle of earth in a public domain which does not belong to you. If so, then we need a solution. My answer, but offer what should this person do with the ground and the earth which he is digging up? The answer is, he should put it directly in his field, but instead of just putting it out to spread across the whole field, he should do the same thing as we described in the beginning of the Perek, with regards to somebody who, fer- who puts fertilizer in his field. So he should pile it up in his field, in the same way as he would have to do if he is fer- putting fertilizer in his field, which as we described, is three big piles, we had different opinions there, but according to Rabbi Akiva, the same would apply over here. Because if there are big piles, then it's obvious that you are not doing it for the sake of preparing the ground to be planted. Rather, you're just doing it there to store it there. And the Mishnah and the Perak ends off by telling us that the same Achleikas which we have between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Akiva, with regards to digging up the ground for the sake of building a fence, the same applies even if there's no fence there, but if somebody is building a pit, or a longer pit, some sort of structure or chamber, if somebody is, bu- is digging the ground for that sake, he also has the same problem, where should he put the earth? So the Mishnah tells us that the same Achlaikas would apply, that according to I should put it first in the public domain, and then move it into the private domain, into his field, but according to be you can put it straight into your field as long as you pile it up into very big piles in the same way that you would have to do if you were putting fertilizer in the field.